Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Embracing Brokenness podcast. Uh, Colleen and I are together again in the studio and uh, mm -hmm. really happy we can speak with you about something we actually teach on a lot. And, yeah. and we want to go back in time a little bit uh, on a study that was done by George Barna. So we're going to talk about identity matters in the context of the transformational journey with Christ. And mm -hmm. some of the studies we've looked at have been pretty intense and pretty interesting. I think it's time for us to revisit them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I just want to bring your attention to something that we all know, uh, we all have been thinking about lately. We're recording this uh, the week of uh, the first week in November. And so when this airs, it circumstances on the ground might be a little different, but in the Middle East, we're faced with some pretty interesting end times sort of um, activities that most of us are scratching our head about and wondering, mm -hmm. wow, what's coming? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we may not have the answer <laughs> for you today mm -hmm. on that, and I would, we would highly recommend you go back to Scripture, do your own homework, but... Uh, we know we can do one thing. And if you tuned in last week to Colleen's Corner, a video that Colleen's doing on Fridays, um, she encouraged all of us to be praying for Israel. I uh, want to expand that even more. Uh, we're going to do that here in a second. But not only for Israel, but for peace in the world, but for mm -hmm. even the Palestinian people who yes. are really being victimized um, in many ways by a terrorist organization that mm. is undoubtedly uh, being motivated by the enemy to bring and wreak havoc, mm -hmm. <laughs> not just in Israel, because we can see that demonstrated in places all around the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's ripe, right? It's, it's a setup. I think we're, mm -hmm. we're in those times where we'll all have the opportunity to share our faith in a different way than we expected. Mm -hmm. For those, especially those that might be fearful of what they're seeing, uh, we are sitting here honestly saying we're not. We love this opportunity because mm -hmm. for such a time as this, we were asked to get into ministry and encourage people in that way. So yes. before we start, though, um, and get into the other subject, let's let's do this. I've asked Colleen. She's going to pray for us, pray for mm -hmm. Israel, pray for the Palestinians, and pray for peace in the Middle East. And mm -hmm. um, I think you, should, you can join us, not just today, but as often as you think of it. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you, Lord, with burdens on our heart, big burdens. I'm sure that they're burdening your heart as well, um, Lord, as we just see um, a terrible evil that started a war, um, Lord, that it just feels pretty overwhelming um, in terms of even prophecies of the end times. Lord, we have no idea when your return is. We know that we all need to be ready. It could be any day. It could be in the blink of an eye, Lord. But um, right now we are to live um, for your return. We're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So we pray for that now, Lord, knowing um, that the Jewish people throughout all of history have endured incredible persecution. Um, Lord, we also pray for the innocent Palestinians, Lord, that are just caught up in, in this mess. I can't even imagine how scary it is, um, not having basic necessities, all those kinds of things, Lord. We just 
again, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord, and and for peace in the world. Uh, we won't don't forget the Ukraine-Russian war, and um, even what this could do to America um, being attacked on many fronts. And so, Lord, we just give our hearts to you, Lord. We pray that um, you help us to keep our eyes focused squarely on you, Lord. Uh, as your church, as your followers, um, we just ask that we can be shalom in the world, Lord, not adding to anything broken, Lord, but to just minister out of peace and mercy and the love that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's jump in here. We, um, we've we noticed a few things uh, mm-hmm. in our own experience in uh in our church and in churches around us, but mm-hmm. but the the facts bear themselves out. There was a, a research study by Barna's organization done uh, not all that long ago, which mm-hmm. supports a pretty shocking statistic that we um, I I guess we weren't as surprised about because of the COVID scenario that we've dealt with, but. Over the last 20 years, there has been a, an exodus of mm-hmm. people that are claiming to be born-again Christians, uh, leaving the church in huge numbers, uh, something like 23 million people in the last 20 years. This is yes. what Barna found to be true. Yep. If you break that down on a daily basis, that's at least 3,000 people a day. Mm-hmm. That's a mega church every couple of days mm-hmm. who have decided for one reason or another uh, that following Christ, perhaps, it's Mm -hmm. hard to define it on a detailed level, but definitely walking away uh, from church attendance, Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps from the faith, perhaps not. There's a lot uh, to drill down into there, but Mm -hmm. it's disturbing. It's a trend. Mm -hmm. And for us, as part of our ministry, one of the early... um, things that we did, we came across another study that actually George Barnett did himself that um, outlined what he called the 10 stops in the transformational journey. Now, Mm -hmm. this is an interesting study because uh, it highlighted some things that we knew to be true based on our own personal experiences, but Mm -hmm. it was a bit shocking to see some of the results of that study and yeah. what it showed us. So what I'm going, what we're going to do in the show notes, there'll be a link to uh, a summary of this study. But there's also a book that George Barner wrote called Maximum Faith, Live Like Jesus, that you may want to get your hands on. We'll put a link to that on Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. That gives you the detail, breaks it down, because he did this study with 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. That's not a small sample size, right? Then he took him six years to pull it off. And in the book, he gives you a detailed list of all the questions that were asked. And what he was really trying to capture is, okay, what does it look like from a time when, you know, we are totally ignorant of sin in Mm -hmm. our life at some point in in time, all the way through to what he calls stop 10, which would be a profound love of God and love of others. That's nine and 10. And so um, everything in between is kind of broken down in such a way that we can put some names to it um, in the book that we're writing right now, which will be released next year called Embracing Brokenness. We get into this a lot. 
Uh, but we also have the study available on the website. So we're, there's going to be a couple ways that we can refer you to this. But we're going to uh, we're going to jump into a chart. I'm going to ask Colleen to explain a little bit about what this means because it's something she put together that gives us sort of the the full spectrum of mm-hmm. what we're talking about in this journey. And and then we'll break it down. We'll talk about it because mm-hmm. the sad part is that only about mm, maybe three percent of those surveyed got to a place where we would think that Jesus certainly in, in, the, in the Great Commission and beyond telling us and instructing us the two greatest commandments being to love God and love others mm-hmm. as we would ourselves. So, uh, Carl, why don't you do that, if you will, just get in. I'm going to hold it up. But again, there's a link to this. Uh, it's on our website, mm-hmm. but I will give you a link in the show notes. You can even download the PDF. But talk, talk to us a little bit about what, how you would interpret this and where do you want to begin with it? Yeah, well, to start out, I think George Barna probably thought that spiritual formation would follow what the Bible teaches about spiritual formation, and that is that once we recognize our sin, um, usually there is a profound sense of loss, guilt, shame, brokenness Mm -hmm. um, that leads to repentance, leads to salvation, And so that's a normal part of the journey, and then the journey continues with discipleship. And what's interesting, he found that in Western culture, specifically in American culture, we don't follow that pattern, which is really interesting. And again, we can get into some of the reasons behind that uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But, you know, what happens, I think, because we have seeker-centered churches, and it's almost like... A stop in the journey that, you know, at some point you go answer an altar call um, at church and you accept Jesus. And there's not really that broken place of, oh my goodness, I'm a sinner. This is terrible. Um, and really kind of that repentant heart over the brokenness that that sin has caused. Instead, you know, it's more of a say yes to Jesus. And so stop four is that confession, you know, that asking Jesus into our heart. Um, But the interesting thing that happens after that is that we start working for the Lord. Um, It's almost as if we think that we have to earn the salvation by putting ourselves up on the cross with Jesus. So this works orientation comes in. It's encouraged through churches. I mean, I don't know how many of you have been asked to not work so hard for the church that's usually something that uh, churches are encouraging you to do things for the church. And so these work activities, um, religious activities take place. And usually that's the full extent of the Christian life um, for many Christians. In fact, 89% of Christians never go beyond um, the the stop Mm -hmm. five works Mm -hmm. orientation. But what's interesting, and I do think this is really important for the times that we're in, is that that's not enough. I mean, it's not what Jesus died for, um, you know, to get our ticket to heaven and just do some work down here and be okay. You know, we've kind of lost the pick up your cross and follow me, which really goes into a deep dive of giving up much, you know, (laughs) of who we are um, to God. And so there are 
people that come across, they come into stop six, which is a period of spiritual discontentment because they say, this just doesn't really feel like enough. Like I don't, I'm not getting the joy. I'm not getting, you know, I'm seeing things around me. Um, and we'll hear words about the church being hypocritical. That's why uh, millennials and Gen Z are saying that they're leaving the church, but just discontentment in general that um, the church experience is not providing what most people need. In the past, that discontentment could be channeled into really understanding your own personal brokenness and how it needs to be addressed for you to have the most fulfilling relationship with God, which leads to an understanding of who you are and what your purpose is. And so absent doing that deep dive, um, people seem to get stuck. And I think it's one of the reasons that people are leaving the church. Um, but if you do stay with it, about 7% of people actually accept deep uh, brokenness, which means they realize that they entered a world at war. Adam and Eve entered a world at war. We have an enemy who hates us, who is attacking all the time. It leaves wounds on the inside of us um, that just go unaddressed. Nobody, you know, we hide them. We don't want people to think we're weak and vulnerable. We never admit them. But there are wounds, there are traumas, there are lies and losses that just keep festering inside of us. And they need the attention of Jesus, the healer. And so um, after that acknowledgement of personal brokenness, people realize they have to submit fully to God for a healing journey. He's going to take them on a healing journey to actually restore them back to his image um, so that, honestly, we can go back to the garden. I mean, we can walk and talk with him. But we need to be restored to fulfill the purpose that he actually made man for on earth. Out of that, submitting fully to God comes a profound love of God. And once, you know, we walk in that profound love for God, which is stop nine, um, I think we get our identity at that point, fully knowing who we are and the purpose we're called to. And that includes love and bringing shalom to the earth. And it's a game changer in how we relate to other people. So the greatest commandment, you know, to love God with all your mind, your heart, your soul, um, and to love others as yourself really is not being fulfilled by the church. I think that's why we're being called hypocrites, um, because people are not addressing the things that really hurt them and create barriers between themselves and God. And so it's hard to get to stop 10, which is a profound love for humanity. And I think um, we saw a lot of discord during COVID um, where the church did not like the church we thought mm -hmm. it would be in loving other people and bringing the light of Jesus into the world, but rather kind of didn't look much different than the world. Well, it's, what's interesting, I think, is that we, um, you know, we're the stat I originally quoted was probably, I think, North American churches. But uh, I would agree. This is a problem, though, that, that many of us here in the West are experiencing. I can't say fully that uh, that's the the case in other countries because yeah. we are we are, have the opportunity to spend some time with people uh, online and in, in different places and mm -hmm. you know if you think of what's going on even in the middle east right now and mm -hmm. in some of the countries even in africa where we have connections uh, there is a not the ease comfort and pleasure that exists right. in society there that we have here yeah. which is 
I think drives a lot of complacency at times when mm-hmm. we just we're just okay. Like we we have everything we need, so we're not challenged by um, by our own need for food, clothing, and shelter when others mm-hmm. in the world wonder if that's even going to happen and grow up in extreme poverty. They don't really understand as much what it might look like. Uh, for us, it's first world problem to sacrifice going from two cars to one, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I think it's important to, to relate now as we're talking about this is this is an individual journey and what Barna outlines for us here is something that we shouldn't sit and look at and go, okay, well, I'm going to be in this bucket or that bucket. I belong Mm -hmm. here, there. This is, again, sort of a Mm performance-driven culture we live in. It's, I don't know, people-pleasing is huge. And so part of what I would encourage you not to do when you take a closer look and the things that Colleen talked about is don't try to find a a space on the continuum because Mm -hmm. it's not always consistently there but it is a journey. So there's a process involved in this. And I think for us individually, we walked that out differently. Um, Mm -hmm. A decade ago, when I was faced with a a huge um, challenge in my own life, uh, when um, I was faced with separation of my first marriage, which had lost, I mean, my gosh, everything. It was a 35 year plus uh, marriage. And what I struggled with was just identity, I, understanding my own true identity in this. But it did bring about mm. a, a personal brokenness. There was yep. a part of that. So uh, even though I was a Christian since I was nine years old, I really didn't understand how deep this journey could go if I didn't pursue Christ on another level. And I was really good at working, just like you were. We mm-hmm. talked about this before, for the church and just per- performing and doing yeah. what I did at the church every Sunday. As a kid, they used to give out perfect attendance pins. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> Tells you how old I am. I doubt they do that now. But <laughs> but we'd line them up and see how many of we can get by being in church every Sunday. It wasn't as important as to what was actually going on there, just as long as we showed up. Uh, <laughs> so, and I was, you know, youth leader. I would take up, took up the offering. I did this. I, they're just, the, the, the lists were endless. I grew up in a small church, uh, mm-hmm. not less than 100 people in it, and then later ended up in a much larger one. But I can look back on those times and say, yeah, it was about getting things done, trying to do things for God rather than really accepting his love on a deeper level and, and understanding yeah. what that looks like. Uh, and, you know, these earlier stops in Barna's um, journey that he outlines is ignorance of sin. Well, I, you know, I don't even know if that is, was true in my case, but many of you that are listening right now might have had a pretty radical conversion to your to your belief in Jesus. And so you remember a day when mm-hmm. you just had no conscience of what sin really looked like. And the stop two in this journey is aware of, but indifferent to sin. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, wait, this is really wrong, but uh, you know, it feels good. It's, it, you know, it's a me society, a self life. I'm going to do what I need to do. And that's all there is to it, and it really isn't anything more than that. The confession of—I'm sorry—the concern over the implications of sin was probably the, lar- the the most significant early on process of this journey. When you go, wait, <laughs> what are the implications of this? And you open yourself up for stop four, which is confession of sin and salvation. So there is a a connection that you begin to make, and we know what the Bible tells us: the Holy Spirit draws us, uh, you know, 
to to Christ and convicts us of our sin, our role as believers is to help to spread the message of what it looks like to be in the camp of believers mm-hmm. when Christ reigns on the throne rather than ourself. And and so then the journey starts to move from into the faith activities and works. And so this is what Barna found that 89% of believers stopped there and didn't get further. That's a big number. That by is the way. a big number. So spiritual discontentment could come after that, and certainly brokenness can come later in the process. That would be, was my experience, mm-hmm. you know, when, a, a, a 10, 11 now years ago, when I faced this crisis in my life, I had a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, I could have walked away and said, you know what, it's not worth it. But I decided to go draw closer to God in my, in my relationship with Him. I think you did too. You've had some of those same experiences. Maybe yes. you'd like to parallel that a little bit in your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine was probably about 20 years ago. I call this um, the stops from personal brokenness up to profound love for humanity and for God. Um, kind of my spiritual journey, like the journey is about addressing those things and then continuing as... Um, more things rise up to be able to have a way to go back to God to heal those. Um, he's very gracious in how he takes us through some of the pain that we need to address. But for me, 20 years ago, I was in a situation with my first husband. He had relapsed to alcohol, and um, I didn't know him as an alcoholic for 14 years. He had stopped drinking before I met him. And so it was a really painful time where I wanted him to get healed Mm. because he was creating a lot of problems for me. Um, But interesting, I wasn't thinking about my needing healing. And I am so grateful that um, some girlfriends that I went to church with kept saying, do you want to be well, Colleen? Do you want to be well? I'm like, well, somebody's got to go fix him. Do you want to be well? And eventually it led to me starting a journey to even address the brokenness in the ways that I was reacting to him and just so many things. And I am so grateful for that journey, um, you know, because after the relapse and dealing with some of that within several years, um, he had significant cardiac issues and other issues. And so I became caregiver for him uh, until his death. Um, But that period of time taught me how to kind of walk this journey. And I can remember, I I was very dissatisfied with my Christian life of, you know, go to church every Sunday, make sure you read 15 minutes of your Bible, keep your prayer list for anybody who could ever be prayed for. Like there were things you did, working for the church, running the youth groups, running prayer teams, those kinds of things. And so I always made sure I should be in the good graces of God And, um, but I was kind of empty inside going, is this all there is? And I think that's what led me, um, to praying for two years, Lord, if there's more to this journey with you, uh, I really want it. I want to know what it feels like to have a cup of coffee with you, just like I do with my girlfriends. Like I, I don't have intimacy. I don't get how we're supposed to be in this personal relationship, but there's nothing, you know, to it other than doing these activities. And I think that was the start of the realization that I really didn't know who I was at a Mm -hmm. deep level and um, why I was created and really viewed the world about our time here on earth. Didn't think about eternity much other than I would be there. But um, 
you know, like all of that started to change. And then as enough was addressed in me, uh, then I just wanted to give it away. But till I go to be with Jesus someday or he returns, which could happen in our lifetime, um, it there will be a journey that continues as more and more things are exposed. And, you know, I've realized that Christian, the being a Christian is a path of suffering. Yeah. I was never invited into a path of suffering. I don't think it was ever explained to me. Pick up your cross and follow me meant nothing to me. I got into the materialism of this world and fulfilling my own needs to be significant and loved and belonging totally apart from God. And uh, I think he's pretty jealous about that and calls all of us to repent from that. It's the tragedy, I think, of the Western church. We are just so comfortable um, because all of our basic needs are met, plus a whole lot more. The other thing is it doesn't cost us to become a Christian. You know, you think about most countries, um, many, many countries around the world, it costs. If you decide to be a Christian, you could be giving up your life, your family's life. There is just so much Um, to what that means. And and I think it's just pretty easy here. And we don't really understand kind of what it means to enter into a path of suffering and serving other people, that that's what this is about. And I think for us today, you know, as I'm thinking about why we even brought this t- podcast to you and this topic mm. that we're talking about, it's important to understand the choices we make and the consequences of those choices, because the, some of the things that we didn't go into detail here, but if you've been tracking with us at all, you understand in terms of our own lives, what we've experienced and why we even are sitting here mm-hmm. <laughs> and started a ministry that God gave us the name of called Embracing Brokenness. Well, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of embracing our brokenness is a foreign concept, but it starts mm-hmm. with, it, with a, a, a profound understanding that we are broken people, mm-hmm. every one of us. We embrace this in, in the sense that we we have to recognize it, know where it came from, and begin to process with God in ways that to help that healing process begin. We don't hold on to it because God is the great healer, and He's mm-hmm. He's brought us to places where we never expected, or did we even understood was available. Yeah. And so I think what we're we want to encourage you to think about today is you even. Look at this 10-stop journey. If you want to go deeper, again, take a look on our website. We have a, a downloadable PDF, which I am, again, again put on a link in the show notes for. We, we have to recognize that there is a rescue available to us that goes beyond what we believe exists in our own life and we make happen on our own because mm-hmm. I don't, my again, our experiences here have been the pick up your cross and follow me. I believed I did for probably a good forty years of my life mm-hmm. in the way I had defined it. Right. But I asked God to show me in crisis what went wrong, and not what went wrong necessarily in my marriage per se, although that was a part of it. Um, and I wasn't pointing fingers at anybody else but myself to understand my role in, in it. Uh, it was not my desire, and I 
fought it all the way through, but it, mm. it, it didn't really matter. Inevitably, there was an end to it for a lot of reasons that I had something to do with as well, mm -hmm. I'm sure, along the way. And God showed me and opened my heart, my mind, and my understanding to, to what might have brought about attitudes of the heart mm -hmm. and things within me that, um, that led to the brokenness, what I had felt, what I knew was, what I didn't know was possible, mm -hmm. and God opened up whole new pathways to me to understand, no, there is a, a sold-out part that he calls us to. It's not mm -hmm. a, you know, like we said earlier, get your ticket to heaven and sit and wait for his return. There's so much more. And I think mm -hmm. what we wanted to do today was challenge you to go deeper into this, mm -hmm. ask questions of him, not us. Mm -hmm. We're messengers bringing you an opportunity to go to a place maybe you've never been before with Christ. Mm -hmm. And it and it only happens by you digging deeper into his word. Mm -hmm. uh, we have it in black and white. That's pretty cool. God's words in black mm -hmm. and white. Seriously, we, we underestimate the power of uh, a biblical worldview, which mm -hmm. many people have compromised uh, here recently and have been for centuries, but it seems more evident now, especially with the advent of instant communication and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everything else. It yeah. becomes automatically available that we understand what's going on in the world and we begin to compromise truth. So his mm -hmm. absolute truth, inspired, inerrant word, of scripture is available for every one of us. And I would highly recommend getting into the red letters too in the New Testament and really seeing what Jesus, we're studying Sermon on the Mount right now at church and it is transformational if you mm -hmm. let it be. It's convicting, mm -hmm. but it's also transformational. These are all places you can start in his word is where mm -hmm. you should start mm -hmm. and ask him to in, help you understand in a greater way what, what he's saying to you in each of those mm -hmm. passages that he chooses to point out to you. But there's also another way in prayer and connection with him that yeah. he wants to communicate, right? Yep. yep, yep. So. Yeah, I think the intimacy, I think that was the piece that I was definitely missing um, was, you know, because of things that had happened to me, I'd built up a lot of walls to not let other people in, um, to kind of have them think about me through this kind of false self but never know the sensitivity that was inside because I was afraid of being hurt again. And it took me a while to realize that that same wall blocked God out too. Yeah. And that, um, I mean, we were created for a garden where we walked and talked with God. I mean, the new earth, we're going to walk and talk with God, mm -hmm. you know? And so we're not meant to have just a flat, you know, flannel board Jesus on the flannel board, uh, that does age me too. So I don't think that happens anymore. I don't Probably know. Not. But, you know, you get introduced to this live, loving, wonderful God, and then he gets relegated to the flannel board stories. Um, and so it is possible to have that relationship with him now. I mean, that was the whole reason for Jesus to come in an incarnational way. And so I think that's missing for a lot of us, just even understanding how to connect with God so that we can feel like we are connected and walking and talking with him every day, I think is probably some of what people are looking for, because I don't know another way to address your brokenness if you're not okay with God, which means you have to address the things. And crazy as it sounds, after, I don't know, 20-some years of being a Christian, I realized that I loved Jesus, thought the Holy Spirit was pretty cool, but I didn't like God. 
Well, that had to be remedied for me to even um, start my journey of fully loving God so that I could understand myself, so that I could fully love others. And the fully love others is the sense of community that actually is very healing to us. We are made to be in community. We have the triune nature of God, um, which is community in and of itself. And so if you are a person right now who feels like you don't want anybody to know you, you'd rather kind of stay to yourself, um, or you know that you're kind of posing as a false self because if anybody gets too close, um, you're really fearing that. Those are kind the kind of wounds that Jesus wants to come and help you with um, because when those things are addressed, it kind of clears your path to loving him um, and loving others, and it answers a lot of questions. I was pretty angry with God because of things that had happened to me. When I came to realize my role in sin, um, my role in being Adam and Eve and making the choice, I do it every day, unfortunately, still struggle with that to let God run my life. Um, but I could never give over the reins until I really understood who I was giving the reins over to and understood my capacity compared to God is I am just a small child who needs boundaries and restrictions and, you know, somebody to protect me um, from a world of evil that I, I will never be able to understand. And so just pay attention. Um, or if you're just, I would say the other thing that's been really disappointing for me um, maybe because this never was me. I was never concerned about my pastor got into sexual sin, the fact that I had major spiritual abuse, um, sexual abuse in my life. It didn't stop me from saying, but Jesus, because I knew Jesus was totally different than these individuals. But I think so many people today, it's like the first person falls and we're seeing, you know, uh, when this is played, you know, IHOP founder um, is now has a bunch of women coming forward about sexual things. It feels like the power positions um, in Christianity, we're seeing people fall all the time. And what happens is rather than say, well, of course they fell. They're, you know, human and Satan's really hitting them hard, especially mm -hmm. if they're fronting for a major ministry or worship group or you name it. But the problem is we're only supposed to keep our eyes focused on who Jesus is. That's what Christianity is about, is being transformed into the image of Jesus um, and following his path, not our own paths. And I think that gets really confusing. But um, I think without addressing spiritual discontentment because of the way we're not even really teaching that people need to be discipled. Like you've got to learn. You're just, when you're born into Jesus, you're a little child, just like your physical development, there's spiritual development. And so it needs to be um, nurtured and developed and mentored. And absent that, I just think, you know, we have become cultural Christians, consumers of Christian material, but it really hasn't changed our behavior um, or forced us to even deal with some of the behaviors that would not be Christ-like. So to bring this full circle for you, um, one of the greatest remedies I found at that time when I went through some of the things I went through over a decade ago, and you did as well, Carl, mm -hmm. uh, was developing a... Um, 
I call it spiritual discipline of mm. quiet time with the Lord and just that uh, having an opportunity that we have to, you have to create on your own. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, <laughs> many years ago now, but I wrote, read a book and listened to many of uh, podcast on the subject that John Marcoma wrote on, which was called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Okay. Uh, Go back and look for that. That was a a great way to encapsulate what we all deal with today, especially in the realm of social media. And Mm. we carry around a computer with us. When I was young, we didn't have any of that. Mm. Uh, And computers the size of the room we're in right now we're necessary to hold what you now have in the palm of your hand. So access to information is one of the, I don't know, one of the, one of the um, triggers to sideline us mm-hmm. from that quiet time with the Lord. Uh, yeah. I just read an article uh, that there's a school in Florida right now because of um, the opportunity to do this. They've uh, eliminated the use of cell phones in the classroom, not just in a classroom, but even the course of the day. And what's Surprise, surprise. What's happening is students are actually sitting and talking with one another, animated, having relationships other than th- through some cyber cyberspace, which is the one of the most isolating ways you can exist. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, the complaints are, oh, yeah, well, I, I, this is how I communicate this, you know, and you mm-hmm. you. <laughs> when you came from an era where that wasn't the case, you can see how hard it is not to want to develop relationships when you, ha- and when we're stuck with this thing for probably the, an eternity, well, not eternity thing. I hopefully we don't have these technologies in heaven, <laughs> but who knows? My encouragement to you as we kind of pull things together is to, to put time aside to get with the Lord and start asking him these questions. Go back to even this, this journey, uh, this mm-hmm. journey with Christ and say, oh, where, okay, you can say, well, where am I, Lord? Help me to see where I am in this continuum. But mm-hmm. also more important than that is just help me understand what you have for me in this such a time as this. And we look around the world. We talked about this at the opening. Uh, there is no question you're watching prophecy play out from multiple places in the Bible, search it out. It's it's fascinating, mm-hmm. and you wonder, well, man, our time is short. No question mm-hmm. about it. Uh, uh, I would sh- be shocked if in our lifetime here, our lifetime, that Jesus doesn't return. Well, that should put a little bit of urgency in every one of us who are believers to say, okay, uh, I can just wait, <laughs> or I can get in the game. Like I can get in head first, understand what it is God has called me to do. And so I think what we want to do here as we close is just encourage you to go deeper into your own transformational Mm -hmm. journey, explore it with God, Mm -hmm. uh, explore it with Jesus, get in the word, um, start reading. Uh, Again, I honestly, I love the Sermon on the Mount. There's so much there Mm -hmm. and dig in and, and see what God has for you there. Um, There's just so much. And so, I would also encourage people that rather than hitting that point of spiritual discontentment and keeping it trapped inside, share with other believers that you're struggling with that. You'll be surprised how many other believers um, are struggling, have struggled. I think what's interesting is this whole spiritual deconstruction movement that's been going on for the past two decades um, is encouraging people that that period of spiritual discontentment means that 
like God hasn't done his part of whatever needs to be done. And so people are leaving the faith like crazy where that period has been common. I'm sure if we went back, you know, Mm -hmm. centuries, that's been a common thing that people fall into that place and it either pulls them closer to God or it can lead them away. But somewhere there is some kind of assessment of what's going on. I think you can see that uh, even throughout the Old Testament and how people waver at times with God. But our encouragement is don't walk away from the faith without really forming the questions to what has made you discontent. And you may find the biblical answers of how do you walk with Jesus in a different way? How do you avoid the whole works thing that's exhausting you? How do you, like, what does that look like? Um, And consider that before feeling like, you know, uh, Jesus is not the answer. Um, Interesting, though, people are walking away from the faith and they still really like Jesus. They just don't like Christians. Um, But that's the period, I think, uh, even for our ministry, we just want to talk to people who have walked away or don't want anything to do with Christianity because of hypocrisy and things they see. Um, So please, if you're struggling, reach out to someone um, who can kind of challenge and and even, you know, ask you some pointed questions that may actually lead you to a closer relationship with God, which ultimately is what you're seeking. So in the coming weeks and months, we are going to go delve a little deeper into uh, some of the things that really brought us together in ministry and what God's encouraging us to bring to you. And we want to challenge you for these times uh, to um, ask the questions uh, to go deeper into understanding who God is, who you are, uh, what community looks like for you um, in, in the in the Christian in your Christian faith, um, doing everything possible not to isolate, but to come together and be as one body, encouraging each other in your walk. It's a critical piece to this, uh, being able to identify people who are trustworthy and safe and, and you can walk in this, out this journey, but and also developing that greater intimacy with the Lord. And what does that look like? Knowing God better, knowing yourself, uh, knowing what he's called you up into. So stay with us. Uh, we want to do more on this subject and we'll, we certainly will, uh, likely next time. Uh, And we're so glad that you're part of this ministry with Mm -hmm. us and the journey with us. And and thank you. We will be back very soon. Mm -hmm. God bless you all. Yes. Blessings to you all. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.